In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Chad Deshawn about using Kickstarter to ignite e-commerce growth. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 76. Welcome to the Business of E-Commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start, launch, and grow the e-commerce business. I'm your host, Charles Pulesky, and I'm here today with Chad Deshawn. Chad is the founder of BoardGameTables.com, where he's used Kickstarter to raise over $700,000, which he's used to fund his e-commerce business. I've asked Chad on the show today to talk about the ins and outs about using Kickstarter to help launch an e-commerce business. So, hey, Chad, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to talk about Kickstarter. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting story. I've heard, I've talked to you a number of times about how you kind of launched and uh, super interesting. You don't hear of too many people really using Kickstarter to kind of fund the business, that sort of thing. So kind of background, right? BoardGameTables.com. Uh-huh. You guys sell? We sell tables for people to play board games on. So it's it's right there in the name. It is what it sounds like. And so there's two types of people, people that are familiar with kind of the, the hobby board game scene that's become more popular over the last five to 10 years. And they say, wow, there's people who are buying um, tables just for that. And then there's people who have never heard of this hobby at all. But basically, just um, imagine playing Monopoly with your family, but imagine um, more complicated, more niche. There's kind of a hobby scene that there's thousands of board games released into this niche market every year, and there's some people that are really into it. Um, Just like any other hobby you can imagine, right? There's people who are super into the hobby, and those people... Uh, are playing board games in their home at least a couple nights a week for several hours a night. And they're going to buy a nice table to play the the board games on that have uh, features specifically for playing board games. It's funny until you've kind of explained this to me before, I didn't think this was like a thing. And then all of a sudden I've been seeing it around more. And now I realize, wow, this is a way bigger hobby than I ever realized. Like people, people do this and there's games that go on right for like uh-huh. days on end. So you can like, Keep it going. Sure. Stable, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole new thing to start with the legacy game. So like maybe we play a 90 minute game tonight and the next week we play chapter two, if you will, of that, of that same game. And I mean, it's, it's groups of friends, it's families playing together. Um, all kinds of, it's, it's a hobby people. It's a very social hobby. People play right with, with other people, obviously. So, so this is a, so quite opposite of most e-commerce, right? This is a big, heavy, expensive thing. This is like the, anti-t-shirt business of this little, like you send out a million and this is a, a big bulky thing, right? I'm guessing this table is pretty huge. Yeah. So, um, when I started, I sort of this four and a half years ago now, um, at the time and still a big portion of our business is uh, custom built tables. So you're coming on our website, you're using a, a, um, like a builder on the website to determine how big the, you know, how long the table is going to be, how wide it's going to be, the height of the table, the type of wood we're going to use, how many cup holders you want on your table, drawers, all these other accessories you have. You build the whole thing out there. You know, I don't know that we've ever done two tables that are the same. And then when you complete your purchase, that's when we start the process of building. That's when we buy the wood. That's when we start building your table. And then we're shipping to you. The legs come off when we ship better than that. It's a, it's a solid piece. And, um, yeah, they're huge. We do tables that are up to four and a half feet by eight and a half feet. Um, and they're everything we do is shipped freight. So it's showing up on our customer's street on the back of a semi-truck. 
Wow. Okay. So this is, yeah, I feel like this entire business is very atypical from every other e-commerce business, yeah. right? Where people are trying well, to get low think, shipping. Sure. I mean, we charge $199 to $399 for shipping um, on those custom-built tables. And we um, when we get into the Kickstarter part, we can talk about that table is a little different on shipping, but it's still expensive. And in a way, like, that's part of what protects the business from competition, right? Like, I mean, you're talking about t-shirts. That's the other end of the extreme, right? You don't have to, you can start a t-shirt business, no inventory, doing nothing. Um, but like, you're in competition with a million other people out there, right? From the get-go. Doing something like, like Amazon's not going to start selling these tables tomorrow. And part of that's because it's super niche, right? Like that's part of its niche. It's hard to ship. It's um, customers that were doing a lot of, hand, I mean, a lot of pre-sales questions, um, those sorts of things and things we've had to learn along the way, like how do we better package these tables so they don't get, get damaged during shipping, uh, that sort of thing. But it, it also means like someone's not just going to pop up tomorrow on a whim and, and set up a drop shirt shipping t-shirt business that competes with me. Yep. So it's niche, but you've done over two and a half million. So it's not, we're not talking super niche. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. So it's niche, but still a pretty large niche when you start looking at that, right? But not large enough for like an Amazon to come in and make their own board game tables. Exactly. What's kind of the pricing, the price range of a custom table versus, I know you've kind of done some other things too. Yeah. So our custom tables, you know, we see typical orders of 2500 to $5,000 on a custom table. And when you're talking about custom, kind of the sky's the limit, you know, on what people want. Um, so that's kind of the range. And that's kind of what led us into doing the Kickstarter. I was going to shows. We were selling these custom tables. And, of course, anything custom, and, I mean, it's quality, is going to be expensive, right? That's just the nature of, of custom. So I'm going to these shows. I'm talking to a lot of people. And, and we're, we're selling tables. But I'm hearing over and over again, you know, that's just never going to be a thing I purchase. Like, it's just too much money. Uh, I, I can't, I don't want to spend that much. I have other things that are going to going to be a priority. And that's when I started looking into, okay, what would it take to do a more budget table? Yep. And um, started getting designs, you know, okay, what if we didn't do custom? What if we do one size? We're going to do flat pack furniture so that we can ship at UPS, get the shipping cost still expensive in the e-commerce world, but for furniture, pretty cheap, right? We're going to bring that down. Um, I talked to, I, we ended up going with a factory in China. All the custom tables are made in the U.S. Um, and we, we kind of brought all that down to get to a, a table where we were, depending on add-ons, it was between $500 and $1,000 for the table, which is a pretty big difference than $2,500 to $5,000, right? Yeah, so now it gets it's still an expensive purchase more than most e-commerce, but it's not a you know, it's not something only a few people can afford. This is something now if you're into this hobby, you can do it, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I got a prototype of that first table and then we put it on Kickstarter. And at the time then and still now, um uh, if you're not in this hobby, this is gonna blow your mind, but I'm not the only one selling board game tables. Like there I have co competitors. Uh there were several companies doing it but everybody was at this multi-thousand dollar price point. And so I come on Kickstarter, 499 entry price. 
and it just explodes. Right. Okay. So this was, so you were doing the custom before Kickstarter, right? Just so you were doing doing, I was doing the custom for two years before Kickstarter. Okay. And then what I learned from that, we take into this, this budget model and, um, and we, we, you know, launched the Kickstarter from there. Okay. So that, so I thought there was a Kickstarter for the both of them, but so there was a Kickstarter for the new budget model. You launched that. And that was like the first, the first is the war game world is seen for this price point, right? Exactly. And so, you know, that's what a lot of the hype is about. Hey, you know, there used to be no way to get one of these for less than at least $2,000. Now you can get one for 500 and it kind of takes off. But at the same time, I want to be, I want to be a little cautious when I say it kind of takes off because I think that's the the wrong idea that a lot of people get about Kickstarter is that like Kickstarter is this perfect marketplace of ideas. And if you just put up a good idea on Kickstarter, then they will bring the people and you're going to sell a ton of it. And I mean, the truth of the matter is Kickstarter is a channel like any other e-commerce channel out there, right? You got your own website, you can have Amazon, eBay, or whatever you're doing. Kickstarter is another opportunity, and it it does have a lot of features that can lead to that viral growth. Um, Kickstarter is really good at showing social proof, right? Because when you go to a Kickstarter page, you see how much other people have already spent on the pro- project. And it entices you to want to become part of that. Kickstarter is a great place to tell a story, right? You're giving this background. I mean, the whole thing you're selling is a story. You don't even have a product yet. And, you know, it's got a time-limited offer. So these are all, like, checks in the favor of why Kickstarter works. But and especially now, Kickstarter has gotten a lot more competitive in the last few years. You have to bring your own audience to Kickstarter. They are not going to – you're not just going to put an idea up there and it's going to take off on Kickstarter. Now, if you can bring your own audience and you can get over a hump, then Kickstarter, um, I think, can amplify that. But – don't come to Kickstarter with no audience and expect anybody just to find your page. It's just not going to happen. Okay. So that's a important, cause I think that's actually where a lot of people fall down where they launch a campaign and they kind of just, you know, put it on their Facebook and hope that people come and it just, you know, you get like two people, it's like your, your mom and your aunt on it and it kind of, it's false flat and that's the end mm-hmm. of the whole campaign. But you're saying you already spent two years I'm guessing. Yeah. So to give, to give you a little background on like, what put the seed that got this thing, not all the way to two and a half million that got to, but what started getting it there was, um, I didn't, I didn't email list, but I don't remember 20 to 30, 20 to 30,000 people on it at the time. And then months before, uh, I go on Kickstarter, you know, these are all people who are already interested in board game tables. So I sent out this big survey that was like, Hey, um, we're thinking about launching a new product. We're going to get everybody's feedback, right? What's, what, what, what is the main reason you might want a board game table? You know, here's some things. What's the main features you look at? Here's some choices. What's the main reason you don't have a board game table right now? Okay, if they picked price as one of their main reasons, then there's a question. Okay, what price would make you want to buy a board game table, you know, like right away? And then, you know, okay, at that price, like, where are you in the ready to buy phase? Like, if I get off your table at that price, are you going to buy immediately? Is this something you would think about in the next six months? Those sort of things. I was able to get back the response to that survey. 
and then I look at people who are ready to buy, say price is the reason they're not buying, and say they would buy a table. That's in, you know, I have some people would say, oh yeah, I would buy a table at $100. Well, that's great, but I got a $500 table here. So talk to people who are in that band. Those people all get a follow-up email saying, okay, here's more specifics about what I'm talking about doing. Are you still interested? Let's talk again another round. And I end up getting to the point where I had, I think it was around 60 people who told me, I said, that they would back the project within the first three hours that it was live on Kickstarter, right? And we've given them back and forth. I've given them enough information now. I've basically shown them the whole product, what the Kickstarter is going to look like. And they say, yes, I'm in for that. And I say, okay, what would really help me to get the word out is if you would promise to back in the first three hours. I will send you, you'll be the first people in the world to get the email about it. I'll send it to you. You go there and click back. And then all of a sudden that's the, like when people talk about Kickstarters, and this is true for my projects, this is true for anything you see now. The first thing they talk about is, like in my case, raise $100,000 in the first hour, right? Like that's the news story. New product on Kickstarter, like that's not worth, that's not worth writing an article on your board game news blog. That's not worth sharing on Facebook because that happens all the time. Everyone's always got a new product on Kickstarter. Who cares? But, oh, $100,000 in the first hour. That's the headline. And that's what gets people to click because they're like, oh, like a lot of people are interested in this product. I want to know what it is. But I had to prime that pump with my own audience. Yeah. So how you, I mean, so you went from an audience of 30,000 people down to 60 people ready to like, I mean, so you really, you, you, you prune that list down so that you're like, these are the 60 people that like are ready to buy. Like they'll buy this table at this price point and you already show you already basically show them what they'll be buying at what price mm -hmm. and kind of queued up the whole thing and then just said now we're ready yeah and i'm sure there's other people on my list that i was able to convert over time but those were the 60 like those were the super fans right those are the true believers who are like you know they're like i've seen your vision and and a lot of kickstarter right because i mean i don't have the product now a lot of kickstarter is getting people to buy into this story Right. So for Kickstarter, it's not just like, hey, I will sell you a $500 table. It is, it's like this mission to save the world, right? Like the world needs a $500 board game table, right? Right now, there's only $2,500 board game tables, and that is an injustice. And we are all going to band together to m fix this problem in the world. Okay. So you approach it at a very different, this angle, like we're doing this, like you're, you're like leading the charge, but we're doing this all together sort of thing. And yeah, is, yeah. And that's, yeah. What, that's what Kickstarter is about. That's why people are giving you... I was just meeting with a new bookkeeper uh, yesterday and explaining to him, hey, you know, I do a lot of pre-sales on a lot of Kickstarter and there's some accounting things. So we have to keep a track on that because we got money coming in that's like not actually being recognized as revenue for six months later when we ship out the product. And he's like, so they just give you their money and then don't get anything for a year later. I'm like, yeah, I don't, it's crazy if you say it that way, but, and, but that's like what you're selling is the product, but you're also selling, you're bringing them on the journey. Right. And that's where you're, you get these people who are excited about the process who you're going to bring along. So that's like, that's one of the keys there. Cause you're, you're really asking people to part with their money. Because it's from their point of view, right? They pay sure. today, but they might not see this 
at their door for, would it take a year for you to start yeah. shipping them? I mean, some of mine took, oh, a year and a half at least. Now, I, I had, that's because we did not make the schedule we promised. Um, and most Kickstarters don't make the schedule they promise, which is a, it's not good. It's something I'm really working on for, something we've really worked to improve in future projects. Um, but yeah, they're, they're taking a risk. I mean, a Kickstarter is very clear on their webpage. Hey, this is not a store. Like, this is a person who says they can make something for you. And we don't know if they really can or not. Like, we're going to, you're going to find out. Right. So like, you have to ensure that customer, like, yeah, I actually know what I'm doing here. Wow. So at that point, how, I guess that's an even better question. How confident at that moment were you that you could do that? Right. Because you probably already, I'm guess, assuming you already talked to the factory and kind of had an idea, but at the same time, you still need to go and put in this massive order that it sounds like, you know, up until then you were doing custom, right. But then all of a sudden you go to the factory and put in like a big, one big order in, right. So how did you yeah, and so when we were using a different facility to do these, this one-off table or the the mass-produced table is going to be made in China. Um, I was confident. I probably shouldn't have been as confident as I was. I don't think I realized. So at the time when I started the Kickstarter, I was like, okay, I just want to get enough orders to be able to afford to place the minimum order, which is going to be like 500 tables, right? And I did not appreciate the difference between ordering 500 tables and ordering 3,500 tables, which is what I ended up ordering. Yep. Um, Why did you order, lot... so you had to order 3,500 instead of 500? Yeah, because we sold 3,300 some odd during the Kickstarter. Okay, so you right? have to order I was... all at, at once though. So you ordered um, one big? Yeah, basically, I don't know, you probably could have split it up. Um, but yeah, I put a big order in and then I paid, I paid all the deposit up front and you paid as, as container fulls were, were finished. I mean, it ended up being a massive order. It was 22 containers to get it all over here. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, you, so and you're getting yeah. the funds in your, so Kickstarter clo so closes and you say, hey, done. We've, you know, we've done it. We raised two and a half million. And then as each container is shipping, you're basically moving money from your account off to theirs and just, you're seeing this huge amount of money come out. And then. Sure. So yeah, when the campaign out. ends, a bunch of money shows up in your bank account, right? And you better be sure you planned everything, right? Because, and I mean, long story short, I didn't, but I had margin in there that I survived it. If I had tried, if I had tried to really squeeze the margin, I would have been in real trouble, mm -hmm. right? So I thought I could get a table for, I don't remember the numbers, you know, we're selling them for 500. What if I decided I could, you know, I don't want to be a greedy person, so I'm going to sell for 400 or even 300. I would have been so screwed because we ended up, um, we ended up having a lot of shipping damage. Not, um, it was domestic shipping. So like the UPS shipping leg of it, um, from a combination of factors, but just the short version is we ended up replacing a lot of parts there at huge expense, cost us most of most of the margin. Um, but even with that, like there was huge delays, there was a lot of shipping damage, but we were able to keep this communication going with our backers and we still end up having a pretty, um, pretty favorable view from them because we had really good communication. And at the end we took care of everybody. 
Um, but I see a lot of projects where the, where they really get in trouble is they have problems and then the creator freaks out and they kind of hide, right? Like they don't want to get out there in front of it. And that's part of like part of that Kickstarter thing is bringing people to that ride. And part of that is sharing with them the things that aren't going well. And if you're, I mean, I was pretty honest and, and transparent about all those things and uh, people were really supportive. Now it maybe it would have been a different, you know, if it had really been bad and we hadn't been able to fulfill, like I'm, maybe people wouldn't have been as supportive there. And maybe I would have had more difficulty being as upfront as I was. But when we we shipped out, we got our first two containers in, right? And then we we get all our, you know, so now our first backers are going to get their tables, everything's shipping out. And then I remember at one night and then the next day, we just start getting emails with pictures and pictures of just crushed tables, basically. Just, I mean, packaging was completely not, well, not good enough. And just, we had about a 50%, 50% damage rate oh. on that first shipment of... And no, I'm not talking about little scratches. I'm talking like broken pieces. And that was the domestic shipping? Yeah. So everything was getting to the U.S. line. And then when we, sh- we put it on a UPS truck and shipped it out all across the country, and that's where everything was breaking. Okay. So then, and that's something. So how did you, uh, did you even account for that initially? And in, like when you set that $500 price point, whatever it was, how did you? No, I, mean, I didn't think okay. half of them break. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, like. How, I mean, you gotta kind of think. Oh, there's gonna be a little bit of a damage rate, right? Yeah. But there's, um, you know, just UPS, like you know, loss damage package rate for like normal stuff is like I don't know, maybe two percent. Yeah. So fifty is a little high. It sounds like. Yeah, furniture is probably higher. Yep. Yeah, obviously it depends on what you're shipping, right? And what kind of. Yeah, I didn't. Um, it was it was just one of these things where. Um, I knew this project had gotten way bigger than I, than my experience level really allowed for me to do. And I ended up, I got some really good advice from people who like saw what was happening and they said, Hey, like this is getting big. You need to bring somebody in that knows what they're doing. And so I got a consultant. Okay. So if someone that added a, lot, added a lot to the cost. Um, but was able to bring relations with a factory that was able to handle an order of this size almost. <laughs> um, it still took them a lot longer than they said it would, but I mean, they were able to make the stuff. So, you know, not everything there went perfect, but I, everything went okay. But it was one of these things they, uh, they brought, I had said the box can't be any bigger than this because of UPS restrictions. And then they show me the box and all the stuff in it. And I'm like, eh, it doesn't look like a lot of padding, but like, this is what they're showing me, you know, must be good. And I think the factory was going, well, it didn't look like a lot of pack padding, but the customer approved it. So must be good. And that's like, in hindsight, like, as I tell the story, it sounds so stupid. Like, obviously you've got to look out for every little thing like that. And, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't obvious at the time. Yeah. So, but you got through it and, and then after, so the, is a Kickstarter, how long ago was this that this all happened? That was summer of 2016. Okay. So, is so the, yeah. So then what happens next when the kick, so after you, 
sell them all through? What happens at that point? Yeah. So we, it took until, I guess, spring of 2018 before every last person at their table. And by then, yeah, we're, um, you know, if you get something that works once, do it again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in September of 2018, I launched a, a campaign for basically version two of the table um, from a lot of learnings. Nice so I'm bringing that. I've seen your video. That was the version two video I've seen before, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think that's what you saw. Yep. Is it super? And that actually, I'm curious how you actually made that because that's super slick. If you have, if I can link to that too. Um, really yeah, I'll send, you a link. I'll send you a link to it. Um you know, I've got a video production company that I, I worked with. They're kind of, they're in Southern Missouri, which is where we manufacture our custom tables. And I worked with them for our first, uh, for just a video for the website. And I was really happy with it and just kind of keep going back with them. And it's, you know, I guess you bring in people who know what they're doing and spend some time getting a good script and, and it all it all came together. So I, I don't know if there's any secret sauce I can I can share with you there. Just hiring some pros and being fortunate enough to run into some actually really good pros on the the first attempt, which you don't always get, right? Well, I've seen some of them where you can definitely tell they're they've done it themselves. It's a DIY, and you know it's a little rough. But like I saw that, and you're like, this is professional and looks really. If you're sick. gonna if you're gonna spend money on anything on your Kickstarter before. You get going. The video and then graphics on the page is, is is where to do it. That's going to have your return. You know, it's a few thousand dollars to get a nice video like that made. Um, it might be more expensive uh, where you are, but Southern Missouri prices it's it's three thousand dollars, and um, it was it's like well worth it. That's the best ROI on a on a Kickstarter campaign. And I mean, I see people doing the more. Like you can do a more true, just like we're two guys in a garage. We shot this on our iPhone um, and you can do it with that. That'll work, but it's, it's going to take some work. Yeah. And I feel like if you're raising that sort of money, people want to, I don't know, the, the video gives a little legitimacy that, okay, these we're handing these people literally millions of dollars. Um, and if it's shot on like their iPhone in selfie mode, then you know, yep. so, yeah, I and mean, that comes back to what product you're selling, right? If you're selling yeah. a $30 product, maybe that's going to work. If you're asking for a thousand dollars from an individual backer, yes, like they want to see that you've got it all together. Yeah, good point. So then, V2, what happened with that launch? You kind of what happened there? So, you learned, V2, learned, every, learned everything, it went perfect. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's going a lot better. Yeah. Um, we yeah, we were, I mean, we started working on that thing. Gosh, it was September last year we were on Kickstarter, but it was, it had to have been close to a full year before that, that I start working on it. Um, after my experience getting the tables made in China, I kind of came to the decision that I think this product can be made in China, but I think I would have to to get the consistency and the quality and the speed of production that I want to get for the next round and to make, to make all the little changes, you know, we had so much feedback from the first round, like we had the big obvious changes. Like I need the box to protect the product better. But we had a million little changes too. And to communicate all that, I just decided that was going to require me spending a lot of time in China to really get that right. And I, 
you know, I had a family. I didn't really want to move to China for six months. So I started working closely with our, um, with our U.S. Southern Missouri manufacturer, the guys who make the custom tables. Um, just what can we do to get this made in the U.S.? Right, we can charge a little bit more. It'll be a selling point, but how can we streamline this? You know, now we've got experience from making custom tables for four years from having done one project. Project. Let's take everything we've learned and just streamline, 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 iterate until we get something where we can make these with little enough labor to get the price down uh, to what we want. And we were able to do that. We had planned on launching, I think, the week after Labor Day. And this is only about being successful on Kickstarter. You're going to get, I don't want to say ripped off, but people are going to take inspiration. Because I can have an e-commerce, I can have my Shopify store up, right? I can sell stuff all day long and nobody knows if I'm making a dime off of it. If I do a $2.5 million Kickstarter, everybody sees that $2.5 million. We had the first copy. I don't know if I want to call them a copycat. We had a the first... Um, very similar product that came I've, out. I've seen them. There identical, identical price range to us. You know, and, and they're, it's not like they ripped off our table design. I don't want to say that. But they're definitely targeting the exact same market, right, at the exact same price and the exact same functionality. Um, we were running a four-week-long campaign for that first campaign, and they came out when we still had a week left in our campaign, I think the idea of being, hey, they're going to address some of the concerns people have been complaining about in our campaign and siphon people over. So when version two, again, September 2018 comes out, um, two weeks before we went to launch, a new player popped on the scene on Kickstarter with their version of the table, even cheaper than anything, like for the, for what they're doing, way like super cheap. Uh, okay, so then... Uh, like $500 with all the bells and whistles. And then I come come out a week after Labor Day with my table, and then um, a competitor of ours, I think, saw our table launch on Kickstarter and decided to, like they clearly already had a project in the works, but decided to rush it forward and launch that same day. Wow, okay. So, so now we've got off, three. Price. Um, same, same general price okay. point. So we've got three different board game tables on Kickstarter all at the same time. Um. That's not ideal, but that's the, uh, you know, that's the world we're in. And so I was able to raise uh, $700, some thousand dollars in that round. The other two of the tables raised maybe three hundred and five hundred thousand ballpark. I, I can tell you, couldn't tell you the exact numbers, you know? Yep. And um, part of me is like, yeah, $700,000, that's really good. And we're we're set up to fulfill that project better this time and have better, like actually make some money off of it, not end up replacing a bunch of stuff. So I'm really happy about this. I can't help but wonder if we'd gotten on Kickstarter two months earlier before these other players, if we had, would have gotten twice that, you know? Yeah. Well, you also wanted the, one... the company that's going for at a lower price point. If you had yeah. issues the first time, like they could get in a, you know, it might be one of those things where that bind you're talking about, you were lucky to get out of, they might not be so lucky. It sounds like. Possibly. Sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I don't know, like I, you know, for me looking at their page and what they're promising to build at what price point, I'm like, Ooh, like I'm not saying it's impossible to do, 
it's like, guys, you've never done this before. Like, I'm like honestly worried. Like, I don't know if they're going to pull it off or not. But you know, I can't really. I hesitate to even say that on here because I can't. I can't just go around. Like, it's not good. It's not a good look if I just say that about a competitor, right? Yeah, and it's not to no trash them, but it's also they're yeah. So you know, I we. And I, I honestly hope everybody gets what they paid for. Like I do, like that, that to me would be really, really sad. I, don't, I hope these founders don't lose their shirt over it. I hope everybody who backed the project gets what they paid for. Um, but it, it did kind of open my eyes to the downside of Kickstarter. You know, I've been selling these um, budget tables or entry level board game tables for close to three years now. And I've never at any point in time had any in stock. Like at no point could you come to my website, purchase a table, and I ship it out to you. Oh wow! So it's you're always, always just you're just always back like that. Everything's basically so backloaded. Yeah, pre-order that kind of thing. Yep. And what I what I realized is I'm you're, I'm always selling a promise. I'm never selling a table, right? And that means. My competitors can do the same thing. They can come on Kickstarter and sell a promise instead of a table. And there's a lot less barrier to entry on making promises than there is making tables. So anybody tomorrow, anybody, all you listeners out there to come rip me off, put up a website that's going to say, I'm going to sell a board game table and it's only going to cost $200 and it's going to be amazing. And like, there's nothing... Like, maybe you can do it, maybe you can't. I don't know. You know, if you talk a good game, you're going to get some back, probably. And yeah, what happens if people can't do it? What What even, let's just say someone sell, you know, the $100 table. Like, what happens if they really can't do it? So there's, in general, if you, Kickstarter says they are not a store, they are a place where people can support projects. And they they get a reward for doing so. So if, um, you know, if I say I'm going to make this table and then it turns out I couldn't actually make it, I can go on there and I can say, sorry guys, like I didn't make, you know, I couldn't make your table. And like, there's a reputation hit on my part. Like I'm not going to be able to go back on Kickstarter probably. Um, but there's no real, there's no real recourse to buyer. Okay. So it's now, more like they're not going to be able to do this again. Like, and I'm guessing the board game yeah. community is small enough where there's, the same conventions, everyone kind of knows everyone. So if, if there is a flop, everyone kind of knows, Hey, these are the guys who did that. But when those people lost money in the, in the meantime, now the exception is there, I think there has been a few cases on Kickstarter where there's been accusations of straight up fraud. Like you never, you never intended, you did not put in a good faith effort to build the thing you said you were going to build. You just took everybody's money and ran to Mexico. And now that that's a different deal. There have been some lawsuits there where they say, no, you're you're just frauding people. And um, I don't know if any of those have actually been resolved, but I think there are some class action lawsuits against a few people. Got it. Okay. So if you're uh, Elizabeth, what's her name with Theranos, don't do that on Kickstarter. That, uh, that could go. <laughs> yeah. That could go poorly. All right. Or so put on a good show. Do it, I guess. You what? So put on a good show. Yeah. If you're okay. going to do it. Exactly. So then that was last year and you're still, so out of those 700 some odd thousand, you're still trying to sell through those orders now, but you, those are built in USA, right? 
There's about the U.S. We said, I mean, that represented about close to 800 tables. Okay. And we shipped out uh, 600 of them. Okay. So we should get through the rest, and then we have some more accessories to ship out and everything. But this summer, we're going to be completely wrapped up, and we're going to be at the point where I want to be, which is, I mean, I came out here to talk about how great Kickstarter is. Um, but we're, we're going to be at the point where somebody can buy a table and I ship them a table right away. Okay, so is that... I think that, that's going to be... Yeah, is that the, for the... For us and for the customers. So, yeah, is that the goal, to use Kickstarter to kind of fund this whole, the board game empire, and then from, the, like... But there, at some point, stock products, have your warehouse and do it all that way? Or is it goals to keep just doing more Kickstarters? And like each one is like its own addition and then it's over. That's a good question. No, I think we will. Um, I think we will just offer the, the table we're selling now um, ongoing. You know, a big part of it. You know, there's a lot of R&D like I said, probably years worth of work to get to where we can make this table as streamlined as we can. Um, and so now I want to reap the benefits of that R&D and just keep pumping these out. And I think there's a market out there that we're going to be able to reach of people who have been willing to take the risk on the pre-order, but are willing to say, yeah, you can like just ship me a table tomorrow and I'll give you money. Sure, I'll do that. Um, but that's not to say that I well, would not ever go back to Kickstarter if we were going to do a new tweak. You know, Kickstarter has a lot of advantages. One's the capital up front, which was huge for this project. But the other, um, some of the other things are to gauge demand, right? So, like, if we want to add a new size, for, for instance, I don't have any plans to do that right now. But if we did, we could go on a Kickstarter and see, like, how much, how many of these should we start making? You know, okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, almost. So if you have to put in those big orders, because even with the U.S. facility, I'm guessing. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, and I don't, I don't know if that makes it on tables, but the other thing I do on Kickstarter is um, we publish board games now, and board games is one of these things that are printed, um, like how you think like a book is printed, right? I go to we we get a board game design. We hire out art for it, get everything ready to go, and then I want to go print it, and we have to go to a printer who's going to print however many thousands of, you know, of the sport game we want. And it gets cheaper the more we print. And then we're actually we're going to print it in China, so the more we can ship over at the same time is cheaper. But that's where Kickstarter really just lets me know like how many to plan for. Right, it's a lot yeah. cheaper to print two thousand board games than just three thousand. But if I can only sell one thousand on the Kickstarter, then I got no business printing ten thousand of these board games. Got it. So it lets you kind of, based on that first big order, you can really like you can feel confident that let's do ten thousand, let's do eight, whatever that number is, and you you know you've already sold them at that point. So let's just sure. do it. Yeah, and if, I mean, if I sell five thousand on Kickstarter. I mean, wouldn't it have been a shame if I was only planning on printing 3,000 of these and there's demand for 5,000 immediately? You know, I, you know, you're getting, you know, then there's people who can't buy the product even though they want to, and you're getting discounts for printing larger orders. So it's nice to, you know, I want to print enough to have to, to fill the immediate demand from the immediate new part, new product rush, and then have a little bit to keep filling the, the trickle that comes in after. Yeah, it sounds like one of the, a great way to, you know, hedge your bets, basically, where I've heard, 
these like horror stories where people go and order a container, they have it dropped and they sell like two units and the rest is sitting there in their garage for the next five years. And they just have to sell them off at a yard sale, whatever it is. And you hear these stories all the time where this happens. People place these big orders, but this lets you really know when that container lands, it just, it's going right back out the other door. Um, and it's not just going to sit yeah. in the garage. There's a piece of advice you'll hear a lot about Kickstarter where um, when you're on Kickstarter, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, you, have, you set a goal. So you say like $20,000 is my goal for this project. And what that should mean is that if I get $20,000, I can afford to make this happen, right? That means like I can afford to get my the minimum quantity of the board game printed, right? Or wh whatever it is. And if, it, if it's below that, if I don't get at least $20,000 worth of pledges, nobody gets charged. Everybody keeps to keep their money and I'm not going to do it. And if it's above 20 grand, then, hey, I'll make more or I'll do whatever to fulfill the demand. And um, the advice you hear a lot to new Kickstarter, uh, people running new Kickstarters is they think a failure is if they don't get to the 20,000. Mm -hmm. But the actual, like the hardest place to be is if you get like $20,100. Because now you're doing it, but you better hope your math's right. You better hope you didn't calculate shipping prices or something, because you've got exactly what you said was the minimum you need. Okay. Right. Like if you were only able to do two thousand dollars on Kickstarter, like you, at least you know you can't sell that product, whether it's because the product's no good or because you don't know how to market it yet, or for whatever reason, like you didn't waste your money. You wasted some time on the Kickstarter campaign, but. Like, you know, now before you, like you said, get a whole container to show up and they can't figure out how to get rid of it. So it's best to be realistic with that number, right? And not set that at, you know, $500, hoping getting to hit 500,000, but, you know, knowing it, that 500 won't even move the needle. It is good to be realistic, at least for your first project, but I'll, I'll hedge this and say people like to back a winner. Yeah. So if you're a little more established, you can tweak that number down a little bit if you if you understand the risk associated with doing that because there's a certain amount of momentum that happens once you hit that funding goal. Because people are going to say, oh, this should happening and it's worth my time. You know, there's a little social proof to that. Oh, enough people have backed it. It's actually going to happen. I'll invest more time watching the video or learning more about the product. That sometimes people won't do if you haven't hit the, you know, you're still struggling to hit the goal. Like, oh, what's wrong with this product? I can't even get to their goal. Yep. E even though your goal could have been two million at that point, but and the goal was you know. completely just something the creator made up. So, like that logic is pretty flawed. But people like a winner. Yeah, because you could really, it's it's your goal to set right. Like as a creator, no one else has any input. What did you end up setting it at for the original Kickstarter? Um, I think we did $50,000 on the tables and that was a pretty, well, how about this? I thought that was a realistic goal. <laughs> you know, that's what I thought my minimum order was going to be. And even, even then it might've been like, I might've known what it needed to pad a little more money in there to get the minimum order, but it was definitely a goal where I thought, okay, I can make this project happen and I'll be able to sell sell off some extra inventory that I have to buy at at least break even. Like I didn't think I was putting the company in danger if, if we were right at that minimum. Knowing what you know now, what would the goal have been? I guess is a better question. 
That's uh, so hard to answer. I think I ended up choosing a pretty similar goal for the second round because, like, knowing what I know now, the goal was fine because I wouldn't make all the mistakes I made the first time. <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Yeah, but knowing what I, you know, the first time you don't know what mistake, you know, you don't know what you don't know type of thing. Um, it's just, it was a, I didn't realize what a big first project it was to try to, to try to bite off. And I, it's hard to ever know that. And it's hard for anyone to explain that to you. You know, that's a lot of what entrepreneurship is, is fighting off projects that are too big for you and figuring it out. So, you know, you're kind of trained to, to go for it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've done it and now you're uh, so you launch a multiple Kickstarters and is kind of the goal for the business to keep following the Kickstarter model. Is that kind of, and then we're going to keep following it for the board games for sure. Um, it makes them, you know, like I said, being able to judge demand, it makes so much, much sense in the board game world. And it's um, in that market, it's very popular. Board games are a very big thing on Kickstarter. So a lot of people look for their new games there. And I figure what's the price point on to back a board game approximately. We try to stay just under 30 bucks. Yeah. So I feel like at that, like like a $500 to give to someone for a year, you might think twice about that, but 30 is something you can just, if you like the game, if you literally just like the concept, you can probably just put it down and almost forget. And it shows up at your door a year later and you win type of thing. Yep. For sure. And board games are a lot lower risk. Like there's, there's companies out there dedicated to printing and doing the manufacturing. So where you don't have to, figure it all out on your own in the packaging. Like, yeah. yeah, like it's going to work out. Very cool. All right. I think that's uh, super helpful. If people want to kind of learn more about you or buy a board game table, what can they do so? Um, they can check out boardgametables.com. They can follow us on Twitter at BG Tables. Awesome. Um, yeah. Look for us on Kickstarter. Business. Yeah. If you do any more Kickstarters, and I'll uh, include that video, actually. It came out really good. So I want people to check that out. Thanks. So thanks a lot for coming on the show today. Have a good one. Yeah, you too.